Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. What a blessing it is to be able to see the first Sunday of the new year. I don't know about anybody else, but we ought to give God praise. Amen. For this wonderful opportunity to be able to make it to another, another year. God is great and greatly to be praised. Before we get started, I'm going to ask if we could... For all of those that are watching us on our virtual platform, our Zoom platform, Facebook Live, Vimeo, YouTube, or even on the telephone line, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. And so we want you to do us a favor. We are making you our personal evangelist. Amen. You are missionaries for St. Paul, and this is how you can do great missionary work, great evangelism. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure that we all stay in the same chat stream. You can tag those whom you want to invite to the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and then text this link uh, to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. We want to make sure that we are connected as well as uh, inviting others to join us uh, during this particular time. So uh, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson is going to come. He's going to give us our call to worship. We want you to join in wherever you are. I see you all popping up on our virtual congregation. I just want to wave at you as well as wave at all the others who are joining us on our various platforms. Amen. So do me a favor if you would. If you haven't spoken to somebody in your house this morning, speak to them. Say good morning and say happy Sunday. Amen. I don't want to take for granted that you have done what you're supposed to do. So speak to somebody right now and Minister Jeff Stevenson is going to come and lead us in our worship experience. Good morning, good morning, good morning, St. Paul. First of all, we are excited to be in worship for this new year. Psalms 94 and 17 says it this way. If God hadn't been there for me, I never would have made it. The minute I said I'm slipping, I'm falling, your love, God, took hold and held me fast. Listen, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? Do me a favor right now in the text room, no matter if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, do me a favor and just say, I made it. Anybody should be able to just say, I made it. I made it to another year. It was not promised. But what I recognize is that the blood from last year is still available today. Somebody just say, I made it. And it's only because of him that I made it to this year. Join us in our opening hymn this morning.
Our scripture lesson comes today from 2 Peter, beginning at the fourth verse, and it reads, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Let us go to God in prayer this morning. Dear Holy and Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, God. First of all, we just want to say thank you. Not just thanking you for another day, God, but thanking you for the opportunity. The opportunity to, to get this thing right one more time. We just say thank you for, for keeping us into a new year. And God, right now, we don't want to take for granted your spirit. So we ask you, God, that you would fill not only this place, but fill every household that is watching this morning. Fill them with the train of your glory, God. If you would just enter, pass through time and space and step down amongst us and just be with your people this morning. Transform, renew, reshape. Give us a new vision. In only the way that you can, God, we invite you into this worship service this morning because we can't do anything until you come. Thank you, God, for just being the God of our life. It is in your son's name that we do pray and give thanks. It is in the Magical, majestic, and the mighty, and even sometimes the mysterious name. Amen.
New Year and I forgot my mic, man. Good grief, good grief. Show me some grace this morning, church. Amen, amen. <laughs> good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome this morning uh, to uh, service and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to wish on behalf of our church, but also uh, me personally, wish everyone a happy new year. Amen. Uh, I know this past year was not good to many of us, but this new year brings new promise and new joy. Um, it's my hope and prayer this morning that you all had a blessed and a safe time celebrating Christmas and uh, New Year's. Emphasis on blessed and emphasis on safe. Okay, emphasis on safe. Uh, but man, we may not have been able to celebrate the way that we wanted to this year or with the people that we wanted to, but joy will come with this new year. I do believe that. Uh, for those of you that are visiting with us uh, right now in service, I want to welcome you. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Reverend Peyton C., and I'm the children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. Uh, this part of our service is what we like to call our impact moment because we believe that our kids can make an impact everywhere that they go for Jesus Christ. And so what I will be doing in this moment is I'll be speaking to the kids and the kids at heart um, here this morning in our service. As we start uh, this new year off, our first message of the new year is titled this. It's titled, They Bowed Down and Worshipped Him. They Bowed Down and Worshipped Him. Our memory verse comes from Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, and I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Lastly, guys, our bottom line or our main point for today's message is this. Jesus deserves all our praise. Jesus deserves all our praise. When I say the word worship, I wonder what, what comes to mind when you hear that word. You hear the word worship. Do you think of singing and celebrating God? You think of singing and celebrating in general, lifting your hands. What is it that comes to mind? Well, guys, for us to worship something or someone is to say that they are deserving of our praise. When we do so, we'll discover sometimes that the majority of our time, our gifts, and our energy go into worshiping this person or thing. And the reason that I say person or thing is because sometimes, if we're honest, the things that we might worship in this life might not always be God. In my own life, I notice this. And what I mean by worshiping other things, it could be, you know, your phone. It could be another person and just showing them so much more worth than we show God. In my own life, I noticed this with baseball growing up. It was so easy for me to get so consumed with working and working at baseball and trying to become a better baseball player. that As I, as I was consumed with that, I soon started to push other things to the side, and that included my relationship with God. Tournaments took place on the weekends, and when tournaments took place on the weekends, it means I didn't end up going to church. And when I did end up going to church, I was not always there. I was not really fully present. I didn't care enough sometimes to be engaged in worship service or Sunday school. And you might ask why. That sounds kind of interesting. It's because I just wanted to get through the day. I just wanted to go through the motions, get through church, get home, watch football, and sleep the rest of the day away. At the end of the day, what I thought is that I knew everything that the teacher was going to ask about the Bible and about God. And baseball was more important to me. And therefore, it was baseball that I worshipped and not God. 
What my question is for you this morning is, what is it in your life that you worship, that you give more attention to than your relationship with God? Is it video games? Is it your bae or boo? Is it that new gift you got for Christmas? Is it your phone? Is it social media? Because all these things, all of them, can end up becoming in our lives what gets more worship, more praise, and more attention than we give Jesus Christ. Whether you've grown up in church or in a Jesus-loving family, or you just came to know Jesus right now and you just began a relationship with him, I want to tell you this morning that it is possible to go through the motions, no matter where you are in your faith with him. As we head into this new year and as we look back on the Christmas season and reflect a little bit about what it means to us, I want us to think about why Jesus is deserving of all of our praise and worship. So this morning, guys, we're going to take a look at an awesome example, a biblical example of wise men who praised a young boy named Jesus. They praised him and they declared him as Lord and King. And that brings me to our bottom line again. Remember this, Jesus deserves all our praise. Again, I want to read our verse for the day, guys. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says this, On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. At Christmas time, if you've ever looked around, you'll see in front of churches and in some stores, sometimes you'll see what's called a nativity scene. And what a nativity scene is, you'll see baby Jesus. You guys probably know the scene I'm describing. You'll see baby Jesus in a manger, right? He'll be in a manger with Mary and Joseph, his mom and dad, surrounding him. And there will be farm animals, usually two, that are all right there looking at the manger. Then there are three men, normally, who are bowed down before Jesus with gifts that they have laid before the manger. Well, these men were called wise men. They were called wise men because they were super smart and super intelligent people in the time that they lived. They were astronomers, meaning they studied the stars. They studied space, which was really cool. That's how they knew that when a star appeared over Bethlehem, something special had happened. They heard word about a new baby, a new baby king who was going to be born in the little town of Bethlehem. And in this little town of Bethlehem, this child who would become king would be called King of the Jews. It always amazes me, guys, when I read about the wise men. They were full of so much passion and joy. They wanted to see little Jesus, and they didn't care what it would take. They didn't care how far they would have to go. They wanted to see him. They even went to King Herod, who was a political king, guys, for the Jewish people. And Herod was an evil king. He didn't want Jesus to become king. He didn't want to worship him. He was actually really scared and a little upset about the fact of hearing of another king other than him. And so what he did is he called the religious people. He called religious people, leaders and teachers and priests to come and to speak to him and to tell him who this Jesus fellow was. And then when they came and they told him, the crazy part is, guys, is the religious leaders and the teachers of the law, they didn't even believe in Jesus either. They knew the stories about Jesus, but they didn't want to go and worship him either. These men, these wise men, though, they were different. They set out on the journey and they saw a great star in the distance. And when they saw this star, the Bible, Scripture tells us they were overjoyed. They were full of so much joy and passion. They couldn't wait to see Jesus. 
And so when we get to our verse of the day, their joy from seeing Jesus causes these men to bow down and worship him. They bowed down to pay their respects and admire King Jesus. And isn't that crazy? That's a little crazy to think about, right? They bowed down and they worshiped Jesus who was a young boy at the time. These grown older men were worshiping a young Jesus. Why? Because they understood the importance of Jesus' birth, and we should too. They had heard the stories. They heard Jesus born to a virgin named Mary. God had come down to be human, but more importantly, to save his people from their sins. And although these men weren't as religious as the Jewish uh, preachers and teachers that came to King Herod, they believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and that's what makes them different. And so this morning I ask you, what is it that you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about him? Because these wise men, they're a great example for our worship of Jesus this new year. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. You know some of his other names too. He is wonderful counselor, everlasting father, mighty God, and our prince of peace. His birth is the reason for our joy. God loved us so much that he decided to send his one and only son down to earth so that we might believe in and worship him. John 3, 16. The wise men humbly bowed down before Jesus, guys, and they worshiped him for who he is and for what he was going to be. They presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So in that same way, I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge us this morning in the same way to think about that it's time for us to give all that we have to worship God. All of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our energy going into worshiping the one true king. No one else, guys, and nothing else matters more than that. Again, I say Jesus deserves all our praise. Will you close with me in prayer? Dear Lord, as we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning, we thank you so much for a new year and the excitement and the joy that that brings. But God, nothing is more exciting and more joyful than when we think about you coming down, God, sending your one and only son, Jesus, to be with us, to live and to walk among us, God, and to end up saving us, Lord, and we thank you for the joy that your son Jesus brings this new year. God, I pray that as we head into this new year, you would challenge us to think about our attitude about worship and about serving you, and that, God, as we try to get to know you more this new year, help us to put our time, our efforts, and our energy into loving you more and more and realizing your love for us more, too. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Let's give God praise for the word that Reverend Peyton C. has given us. Thank you so much for reminding us of the purpose of worship and how we should do that. I want to say again to all of those who are joining us online, Happy New Year. We thank God for your presence as far as St. Paul online is concerned. And of course, we don't take for granted uh, your being here. And of course, we should not take for granted that the Lord has blessed us with a brand new year. 
Amen. Amen. I just want to say as we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, we are certainly looking forward to all of those who are joining in with us. Just want to let you all know that this Tuesday, this Tuesday, we're going to do a church check-in, and we'll look forward to you joining us on a Zoom call. Just want to check up on you and just see how things are going with you all as far as that is concerned. On Wednesday, we'll be doing a quick 15, and we look forward to you joining us as far as a time of prayer is concerned. So please, ma'am, please, sir, click in at 8 o'clock p.m. I'll come with the devotional at 8.15, and then get your prayer concerns. Also on Thursday, we will start back up Bible study at noon and at 7 o'clock, and we will continue our study from the letter to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 4. Sunday morning live services are growing each week. We invite you to join in our Sunday mornings. We have classes for every age group. The adult class are taking place before worship service, uh, and the children and youth will start their classes at 2 p.m. on next Sunday, January the 10th. As we move forward, as far as a time of prayer is concerned, and before I transition to prayer, I just want to thank our young adult ensemble who blessed us as far as our New Year uh, watch night service is concerned, and they're back with us this Sunday morning. So thank you so very, very much. We've had quite a few deaths uh, in our church and connected to disciples of our church. And I want to share those concerns with you. Uh, this has been a very busy week for the office of the senior pastor as far as trying to share with our uh, brothers and sisters who have lost their loved ones. We want to lift up the family of Brother Disciple Henry Redfern, the brother of Sister Disciple Anita Redfern and the Redfern family. Uh, those arrangements will take, Friday, take place this Friday, January the 8th at 1 o'clock at the Rosedale Funeral Home. Want to lift up the family of Sister Jasmine Robinson, the sister of Disciple Mary Lightsey. Her arrangements are pending. The family of Sister Disciple Annie Mason, who is the mother of Disciple Catherine Thomas. Her final arrangements are pending as well. We also want to lift up the family of Brother Donald Springs, the husband, Brother Disciple Donald Springs, the husband of Disciple Linda Springs. And his arrangements are pending as well. Um, and this is what we have coming up as far as uh, our church family is concerned. This is whom we funeralized since we've last seen you. Uh, the family of Sister Disciple Linda's Tuna, the daughter, uh, her daughter, um, Disciple Renee Toon. Those services were last week. The family of Brother Edwin Huntley, the brother of disciple Deborah Allen, the family of Sister Doretha Walker, um, the sister of disciple Gwendolyn Caldwell, and Sister Laura Larry Caldwell. We want to continue to lift up the family of disciple Gloria Rankin, the mother of Stephanie Rankin, and uh, the aunt of disciple Thumbelina Sings. We continue to also lift up disciple Lily Mae Klingscale, the mother of Disciple Jerry Klingscale, uh, Sister Shakira Klingscale, and the mother-in-law of Disciple Tanya Klingscale. And we continue to lift up the family of Brother Sharif Jones, Jr., 
was the nephew of disciple Tanya Porter. Again, we have a lot of loss that have taken place as far as our church family is concerned. And just because we change a calendar year does not necessarily mean that death stops. So we want to do all that we can to encourage those families. We also want to lift up as far as sick and shut-in is concerned. Sister Carolyn Ginyard will be having surgery on tomorrow. We want to cover her with our prayers. Um, we want to lift up Sister Dora Rice. Um, we also want to continue to lift up uh, Wynette Dobbins and Janice, Janice Minor and Francis Dalton. Um, and we give God praise uh, for Dr. Monica Redmond. She'll be coming back to the office on tomorrow as well as Sister Marilyn White. Uh, she'll be back in the office tomorrow as well. So we want to uh, thank God for them. Uh, so at this time, I'm going to ask that Minister Jeffrey Stevenson will come, take us to the throne of grace, and let's sense and seek what the Lord will do as far as this time is concerned. Let us turn to God. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you right now, God, just to say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for just being who you are, God, and just continuing to keep us. But God, we also recognize that there are those who have lost loved ones. And this morning they are dealing with some heavy hearts, God, and we just ask that you would just comfort them in the only way that you can, God. Just wrap them up in your loving arms, God, and let them know that you are still there. You are, you are there and that you, you care for our hurting hearts. Hold them close, God, and just let them know that everything it's going to be okay. And Father God, for those who are dealing with sickness this morning, we still know that we deal with a God who is able. Able to do things that are abundantly greater than any doctor can do. But we know God and we still trust in you. And we're asking this morning and declaring this morning healing over their life. God, for we look around and we see that there are those who are hurting financially. There are those who are hurting emotionally. There are, are those who are in some dark places. But we know, God, that you are the only light. That can shine in some dark places God and bring us out let us continue to look to that light that stands on a hill for we know that you're able God continue to heal this world God I know that many said 2020 was a year of new vision but I believe that you did give us a new vision a vision that shows us that you're still in control. That you still sit high and you look low and you take care of your children. And for that, we say thank you. 
prayer, God, we just lift up and worship you. Because you're worthy. Yeah, 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 you're worthy, God. And you still hear and answer prayers. It is in your son's name that we do declare all these things done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you give God praise right now? Wherever you are, give God praise. I see you on our Zoom virtual congregation. Amen. As well as those that are here in the sanctuary lifting up and assisting in worship. Amen. Amen. The time has come for us to partner with our God as far as giving. We're getting ready to give the first offering of 2021. The first offering of 2021. I bet if you were writing a check, you wouldn't have no problem writing the right date on the check this year. Especially after what we went through last year. Amen. So many folks are ready to get 2020 out of their mind. You're going to write the right date on your check if you're paying by check. So here we go. As we prepare to give right now, again, this is my refrain. The times that we live in, especially this pandemic time. If you have lost your job, if you've been furloughed, if you've been laid off, if you don't have any significant income you're receiving, I'm not expecting for you to give. I'm not. However, if you do give and you give out of your, your, your poverty, the Lord has a special blessing for you. It is like that which he declared upon the widow's might. However, if you still are working, you got income that you're receiving, um, this is where the strong can bear the infirmities of the weak. However you decide to give, um, uh, this is what we need for you to do. If you want to drop your check off to the church or cash, you call the church, make sure that we are open to receive your offering, and uh, you can bring it by uh, at that particular time. We'll be back open tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the, the morning. Or you can mail your, church, your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, 28205. You can go to our website and give as far as the giving prompts are concerned on the website. Or you can give through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, you can download that app to your smart device, search for St. Paul Baptist Church, and then give Connect to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. Our digital ministers are also dropping links uh, to the Givelify giving platform in our chat. So this is what we need for you to do. However you're going to give right now, if you would, take your offering, and we want you to place it in your right hand, and we want you to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for the wonderful opportunity to give the very first offering of a brand new year. Thank you, God, for this wonderful opportunity. And we pray as we prepare to give digitally or physically that you would bless these gifts of ours. Multiply them as only you can, oh God, so that we can continue to engage in worship, do your work, be your witnesses, in a world that needs to hear good news. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Go ahead and give right now. And as you give, our uh, young adult ensemble is going to bless us. And I ask that you all will lift me up in prayer as we sense and seek what the Lord would do during the preaching moment.
and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. There is no name, no other name, no other name, no other name, no other name that we should lay claim on, and particularly in times like these. Do me a favor. Can you help me to celebrate our young adult ensemble? God bless you. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you so very, very much for your your gift of time and your gift of of song. I want to um, get to the word um, as we continue this series of sermons I'm doing from Romans chapter 11. And I want to look at uh, Romans 11, starting at verse 11 through verse 24. I'm going to ask Darius, I'm sounding airish. So let's get this, this right. Um, Romans chapter 11 starting at verse 11. And I think that just for simplicity's sake, this morning I'm going to read from the message translation. It reads like this. The next question is, are they down for the count? Are they out for this, out of this for good? And the answer is a clear-cut no. Ironically, when they walked out, they left the door open and the outsiders walked in. But the next thing you know, the Jews started to wonder if perhaps they had walked out on a good thing. Now, if their leaving triggered this worldwide coming of non-Jewish outsiders to God's kingdom, just imagine the effect of their coming back. What a homecoming. But I don't want you to go on about them. It's about you, the outsiders, that I'm concerned with now. Because my personal assignment is focused on the so-called outsiders. I make as much of this as I can when I'm among my Israelite kin, the so-called insiders, hoping they'll realize what they're missing out and want to get in on what God is doing. If their falling out initiated this worldwide coming together, their recovery is going to set off something even better. Mass homecoming. If the first thing the Jews did, even though it was wrong for them, turn out for your good, 
Just think what's going to happen when they get it right. I really could stop right there, but I got to give you the gist of the message. Behold, and behind and underneath all this, there is holy, God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there is bound to be holy fruit. Some of the tree branches were pruned, and you wild olive shoots were grafted in. Yet the fact that you are now fed by that rich and holy root gives you no cause to crow over the pruned branches. Remembering you aren't feeding the root, the root is feeding you. It is certainly possible to say other branches were pruned so that I could be grafted in. Well and good, but they are pruned because they were dead wood, no longer connected by belief and commitment to the root. The only reason you're on the tree is because your graft took when you believed and because you were connected to that belief-nurturing root. So don't get so cocky and strut your branch. Be humbly minded, mindful of the root that keeps you lithe and green. If God didn't think twice about taking pruning shears to the natural branches, why would God be hesitant over you? God wouldn't give it a second thought. Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exists side by side in God. Ruthless with the dead wood, gentle with the grafted shoot. But don't presume on this gentleness. The moment you become dead wood, you're out of there. And don't get to feeling superior to those pruned branches down on the ground. If they don't persist in remaining dead wood, they could very well get grafted back in. God can do that. God can perform miracle grafts. Why, if God could graft you, branches cut from a tree out in the wild into an orchid tree, God certainly isn't going to have any trouble grafting branches back into the tree they grew from in the first place. Just be glad you're in the tree and hope for the best for the others. I want to preach for the time that is mine, staying on God's good side. Staying on God's good side. The Apostle Paul is facing a daunting and challenging task of sharing good news to a world struggling with sin. Paul reminisced about how good God has been to him throughout his life. Paul remembers the encounter he had with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus as he was knocked down to his knees and blinded. He heard the voice of Jesus Christ asking him why did he continue to persecute him and his church. Like his fellow Jews, Paul did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah until he had that encounter with him on the Damascus Road. And we all are keenly aware of what happened after that. The life of Paul was changed so radically until it made the church better because Paul said yes to Jesus. 
The way that God handled Paul on the Damascus Road demonstrates God's willingness and openness to recall, reclaim, renew, refocus, and refresh us as God brings us into the light of God's will. So as Paul pens these words to the church at Rome, to the Christians at Rome, Paul knows that the gift and grace of salvation they have access to is not based upon anything they have done. It's simply because God has shown favor to them when the Jews rejected Jesus. God allows us to share in the blessings God bestows upon all of us. This is because the personality and makeup of God are connected to the attributes of God. God is sovereign. God is omniscient. God is transcendent. God is eminent. God is holy. God is majestic. God is righteous. The being of God is rooted in love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and power. Many of us, though, love to talk about how good the Lord is. We shout about the mercy of God. We have songs about the grace of God. We get excited about the blessings of God. And if we were here in the sanctuary, we would run around the church about the favor of God. But there is one thing that we don't like to talk about when it comes to God. We don't hear too many people shouting about the judgment of God. Perhaps many don't believe that God is a God who will exercise judgment. And the problem is that we want a God of love, but we don't want to talk about a God of judgment. But a God of love who does not judge ain't God at all. And if God is going to be God, and if God is going to be our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, this means that the God who moves in compassion also has to exercise righteous judgment every now and then. Which basically means that when you and I get out of line, God has to correct us. God has to discipline us. God has the right to put us in check. The problem with so many Christians today is that we want blessings without a relationship. Uh, we want grace without responsibilities. We, we want mercy without judgment. And we want love without discipline. We, we fail to realize that God has two sides to God's being. Yes, God is a God of love, grace, and compassion. But God is also a God of judgment and justice. And God would not be God unless God disciplines in circumstances that requires God's correction. The problem is further exacerbated in the church today because of the failure to really appreciate God's good side. The church originated from the lineage, promises, and graces God gave Israel. Those promises and graces were fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. The problem with Israel was their inability to accept that grace because they had issues with Jesus. Jesus did not fit their image of what the Messiah should look like. 
They were looking for a conquering king. They were looking for a mighty warrior. They were looking for a sophisticated politician. They were looking for a wealthy financier who would revitalize Israel's national interest. They were looking for someone who would make Israel great again. But Jesus came as a carpenter from the ghettos of Nazareth with no formal training no degree from Jerusalem University and lacking the credentials that the Sanhedrin would consider to be formidable. However, they failed to look beyond Jesus' externality and realize that Jesus was nothing less than the Son of God. So because of Israel's disbelief, Israel got broken off like a branch from an olive tree. And then guess what God did? Believers from pagan nations were grafted into that spiritual olive tree. In other words, we, because we ain't Jewish, we were able to become part of the family of God, not based upon anything we have done, but simply because we put our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. This is what Paul meant, Peter meant rather, when he said that we are a chosen generation, that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a peculiar people. We are made like this because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We owe our existence in the church to the chosen one of God, Jesus of Nazareth. The problem in today's culture is when we think that God owes us something. Uh, some people have an entitlement issue because they believe that God owes them something. We think that God should give us blessings, that God should show us favor, that God should give us our heart's desire, even when we disregard God's ways, disobey God's commandments, and disrespect God's gift. We really believe, even in 2021, that God should be happy because we logged in to church on Sunday morning. We really believe that God should be pleased with us because we offer God praise virtually. Or we pay our tithes online or through the mail. Or that we come to Sunday school or Bible study digitally. Or that we are able to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we really think that God should do something for us because we are entitled to it. However, I need to let somebody know God does not owe us anything. As a matter of fact, if we could be honest right now, God has done more for us than any of us deserve. If a relationship with God was based Upon our righteousness, our goodness, our merit, and our knowledge, we would be in serious trouble. But I'm glad that God expends grace towards us. Because remember, while you and I were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, we have a relationship with God not based on works, not based on merit, not based on our goodness, not based on our righteousness, but simply based on the grace and mercy of God. Let's be honest. We love 
that gracious, loving side of God. We love the side of God where God is wonderful, beneficent, kind, and gracious. We love how God looks beyond our faults and sees our needs. We love to say that God has been better to us than we've been to ourselves. However, what do we do with the other side of God? What do we do with the personality of God that will cut us off? That's something we don't want to hear. But if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, we got to deal with the other side of God. So Paul addresses the Roman Christians who have accepted Christ and are basking in the benefits of belonging to the household of faith. The Gentiles, that's anyone that's not a Jew, really didn't know too much about Yahweh. Didn't really care too much about Jesus. But here comes Paul, the apostle, preaching a gospel to the outsiders, the outcasts, the forgotten group. And they somehow, by the movement of the Holy Ghost, came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They accepted the one who was rejected. They loved the one who was hated. They revered the one who was reviled. And because of their faith, they believe in the Jesus who died on a Roman crucifix and was raised from the dead. And therefore, God accepted these Gentiles, these Roman Christians, this outcast group as his own because they believed in his Jesus and got the blessings that were designated for Israel. Paul talks about how the Gentiles received the gift of salvation that was designed by God. And guess what? In their receiving the gift of salvation, it wound up making Israel jealous. It's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like uh, the parent that has a favorite child and their favorite child is offered something significant and that favorite child rejects what is offered significant. And so the parent offers it to another sibling, and then the favorite child becomes jealous. That's what happened with Israel. Paul wanted them to understand that just because God allowed for them to now be grafted into the tree where we were considered to be a wild branch, Paul tells the Gentiles, don't get so beside yourself. He tells them that if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare the Gentiles. So he tells them to consider the goodness of God and the severity of the judgment of God. Paul tells them that severity comes to those who have fallen. Goodness comes to those who continue in goodness. In other words, make sure as you go through 2021 and the rest of your life, make sure you stay alert to the qualities of gentle kindness as well as ruthless severity that exists side by side in God. Brutality with dead wood, softness with the grafted shoot. But don't presume on gentleness because the moment you start acting like dead wood, God will take you out. 
This is the two-sidedness of God, kindness and severity. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to be on God's severe side. I want to be on God's good side. I I don't want to experience uh, the severity of God. I I want to stay on God's good side. Uh, How how can you and I stay on uh, God's good side? I, I want to submit to you, if you want to stay on God's good side, first of all, be humble with those who have no faith. All right, let me unpack that for you. Be humble with those who have no faith. We find this admonition in verse 20 when Paul says that they, the Jews, were broken off because of unbelief. You are grafted because of faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. Paul uses the image of grafting olive trees to illustrate how the Gentiles came to share in the blessings of Israel. Paul warns the Gentiles how arrogance can lead to them being cut off. Paul reminds us how God can graft natural branches once again if they believe. The Gentiles experience how God moved among them because of their faith in trusting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. However, just because they had this relationship, Paul did not want the Gentiles to walk around with their noses stuck in the air like they really were all that and a bag of chips. I want to submit that one of the reasons why the world has a problem with those of us in the church is that some act like we're superior to them. Uh, uh, um, we, we don't demonstrate the attitude of Christ. I, I, I would dare say that some folks that are part of the church can be so arrogant and so rude. You, you know, that, that, that person that parades around with an air of super spirituality, like he or she is the only person saved. I don't know if you know anything about that type of person. I run into them all the time. Nobody knows more scripture than them. Nobody can do a particular song but him or her. Nobody can do a certain thing in the church but them. This is the type of person that knows everything. Every time something comes up, They got an answer. Every time something goes wrong, they got an excuse. Every time somebody has a problem, they think they got the solution. You know this person. uh, Nobody can out-shout them. Nobody can out-sing them. Nobody can out-preach them. Nobody can out-teach them. Nobody can out-praise them. You you know this person. They they walk around with the attitude, if I were the pastor, or if I were the teacher, or if I would have sung that song. Y'all, 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 can any of y'all ever come in contact with that type of person? I am convinced. I'm convinced. My virtual congregation, I'm convinced that church folks have done more to turn people off from Jesus than the devil because of our funky, finicky attitudes. When when, when someone needs to know who the Lord is, they need to be looking at us, not looking away from us. But the problem is 
that we can be so judgmental and so arrogant if a person don't look a certain way or talk a certain way or walk a certain way. We tend to shun them. We tend to look down on them. We tend to look at them all crazy and if to say, listen, why are you coming around me? Why are you talking to me? Why are you trying to hang out with me? But I'm here to let you know you need to be careful because if it weren't for the grace of God, you'll be in that same situation. Some church folk I know I'm out there now. I might as well go ahead and say what I'm going to say. Some church folk get on my reserve nerve. And I don't know about anybody else, but back uh, a few months ago, there used to be this meme where this little boy was saying, I'm sick of this church. I, I can understand Jesus even saying, I'm sick of this church. You want to know why God can get sick of church folks sometimes? Because there's some folks who've been saved ever since 1970, and you can't tell them nothing about God or the Bible. They're so spiritually arrogant until you want to run away from them this person doesn't believe they've ever done anything wrong they've been saved all their life they popped out of the womb saved sanctified holy ghost filled fire baptized ain't nobody right but them but i know i got a few of us that know that god has to remind you you still got some stuff that god is trying to deliver you from uh, you can't walk around with a spirit of arrogance you know you ain't better than nobody else to only difference between you and them is that you're saved the only difference is that you got God in your life and because God is in your life he continues to forgive you when you mess up you know you have not dotted every I you know you have not crossed every T you know you have not done everything God wanted you to do you still mess up you still fall short but you have to admit that God looked beyond your fault and saw your need you better remain humble because the same person the same arrogance you have going up when God drops you you'll see those same people when you come back down so you got to be humble you got you got to be humble yeah yeah you, you, you let me say that again you got to be humble you you, you got to walk with an air of humble confidence and not human arrogance. Uh, but if you want to also remain on God's good side, uh, you got to obey God. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 This is the first sermon of the year. I'm coming out the gate like this. You got to obey God. If, 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 if we're going to stay on God's good side, we got to do what the Lord tells us to do. It, it, it's, it's like it's like dealing with your parent. If your parent tells you to clean up your room and you don't, you have engaged not in non-compliance but disobedience. So when you hear God and you do what you want to do, even though you heard God, you are disobeying God. Obedience is not following a set of rules or regulations. Obedience is really you showing God how much you love God. And honestly speaking, our lips say we love God, but our lives say something else. This is because without obedience, the kingdom of God does not come into earth. Faith without works is dead. This is because uh, the activity is obedient response to our faith. When you 
do what the Lord tells you to do, you are walking in faith. So I can't say that I have faith, but I don't do what the Lord tells me to do. I can't say that I have faith and I'm not willing to love my enemies. I can't say that I have faith if I ain't willing to pray for those who misuse me. I can't say that I have faith if I ain't willing to bless those that are less fortunate. I can't say that I have faith if I'm not willing to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. I'm not, I can't say that I have faith if I allow for the stock market to drive how I worship God. I can't say that I have faith if I'm not willing to give my tithes and offerings. We got people who know that God has told you to do something and you did not do it because the price seemed like it was too high. However, you fail to realize you missed out on what God wanted to do in your life so that God could get glory all because you got scared. And because you got scared, you disobeyed. And because you disobeyed, you missed the blessing. And because you missed the blessing, you wind up experiencing the judgment of God. Woo. Uh, yep, out the gate like this on the first Sunday. Uh, uh, let, 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 let me share something to you that, that, that happened um, to me when I was a teenager. Uh, Madam Chair Dot Barnes, when, when I was growing up, um, one of the rites of passage, Peyton, was to be able to drive. Yeah, that, that, that was a rites of passage. Kids, kids nowadays, like, like Trinity and stuff, they, they don't want to drive. They, they ain't trying to do all that. They got Uber and Lyft and all that stuff, you know. You call Uber and Lyft. But, but when I was coming up, Jeff, if we got behind the wheel, even if it was just to drive around the parking lot, that was a good day. And, 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 and so, and so, so I, I never will forget, never will forget that, that one day I was staying at my mom's house and, 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 and my mom told me to clean up my room. And, uh, uh, and, and notice, notice what I said. I didn't say she asked me. <laughs> she, she told me. She, mom gave me a commandment, not, not an interrogative. And, 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 and the moment mama told me to clean up my room, she wasn't expecting me to move at my schedule. I'm trying to help somebody young in the house right now. She was expecting me to move the moment she gave the command. So mama said, clean up your room. Not tomorrow. Not an hour from now, but at that moment. Now, I have to admit, being transparent, I, I was lazy. I was lazy at the time. I didn't move. Kept doing what I was doing. Mama came back. Few months, few, few moments later, looked at me, looked at the room, and looked at me like I had lost my ever-loving mind. My non-compliance was a move of defiance and disrespect in her house. Then my mama said, all right, tell you what, stay in your little funky, dirty room. I was going to give you something special. I was going to let you drive the car. But since you disobeyed me, not only am I not going to let you drive, but guess what? I'm grounding you. So I missed the blessing, but I also had to deal with judgment. Come here just for a moment. Those of y'all watching me on YouTube, Facebook Live, virtual congregation on the phone, God knows 
you know that God has told you to do something, but you disobey God. You know that God wants you to do something, and you didn't move when God said move, and now you are experiencing the judgment of God. Uh, God told you to sing. God told you to shout. God told you to give him praise. God told you to start paying your tithes and offering. God told you to get connected with the church. God told you to go to Bible study. You know God told you you got to leave some situations. You got to drop some folks. You got to leave some mess around. But no, you continue doing what you thought you were big enough and grown enough and bad enough to do. You have engaged in non-compliance. And God is saying, I had some stuff I wanted to drop on you. I had some things I wanted to give you. But because you did not listen to me, I'm going to keep it until I think you're ready to get it. That's why some of y'all can't get healed. That's why some of you can't get delivered. That's why some of you can't get out of debt. That's why some of you are stuck in a funky rut because you want to do things your way. But do I have anybody that's watching me They ain't afraid to testify? Oh, God, I got folks standing up in the congregation right now. If God say run, I'm going to run. If God say shout, I'm going to shout. If God says praise him, I'm going to praise him. I'm crazy enough to even believe if God say dance, I don't even know how to dance. I got two left feet. But if God tells me to do it, guess what? It's already done because I want what God has for me. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. Um, um, there's one more thing that, that you need to drop. There's one more thing I want to drop on you and I'm done. If, if you want to stay on God's good side, if you want to stay on God's good side, yeah, if you want to stay on God's good side, you got to obey God. You got to be humble with those who don't have faith. But if you really want to stay on God's good side, you got to engage in reverential worship. Reverential worship, not fake worship, but reverential worship. Um, in verse 20, it says, it says in verse 20, I want to make sure I read this right to you. He says, do not be haughty, but fear. The word fear in the Greek is phobia. Phobia, phobia. But when you dig deeper into that word phobia, it is really a derivative of worship. <gasps> because the word phobia ain't what we think phobia is. So you got to dig a little bit deeper. Because the word phobia here means to have awe, respect, reverence. Preach, Robert Charles Scott. Uh, 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 if I'm going to be on God's good side, I got to be willing to reverentially worship God. Now, 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 when I talk about worship, I'm not talking about you logging in on virtual platforms. And, and, and I'm not talking about those that are here in the sanctuary. Because I contend that there are some folks that may be logged on, but they ain't worshiping. <laughs> there may be some folks in the sanctuary, but, but you ain't worshiping. You, you, you can be in the house and still miss the blessing. <laughs> uh, uh, worship implies relationship. 
and it's the relationship with the God that can make a difference in our lives. See, see, it's hard to be on God's bad side when you're serious about worship. You, you just missed your shout. You just missed because uh, uh, reverential worship is marked by a sense of repentance, forgiveness, and praise. The reason the Gentiles can worship God is because they had repented of their sins. And since they repented of their sins, meant that they were sorry and they were willing to change their ways, God forgave them of their sins. And because God forgave them of their sins, God made them brand new. And since God was making them brand new, they had no problem giving God praise. Uh, 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 Reverential worship may require irreverence on your behalf. Now, now how is it that reverential worship uh, can be irreverent at times? Can I tell y'all? Listen, listen, this is getting good to me. Uh, uh, Reverential worship means that sometimes you may have to lose your dignity because you've gotten to the place it ain't about you. It's about what God is doing in you and and through you. Uh, uh, Irreverential worship, that's kind of worship that got David in trouble. When David was king and and you remember when when David was coming back from uh, a battle and he was dancing in the streets and his wife McCall saw him and she just went off on him talking about, oh, the king showed all his goodies today. And David had to remind her, sister, I don't know why you're trying to trip on my praise. Because you don't know where the Lord has brought me from. See, some of y'all have become so educated. And some of y'all have become so sophisticated. Some of y'all are so trapped behind those screens that you just sit up and you just watch me. You don't worship God. But I believe I got a few of y'all that ain't afraid to admit and testify that the Lord has been good to you. See, some of some of y'all, some of y'all have forgotten that you haven't always had what you had, and you haven't always driven what you're driving, and you haven't always lived where you're living. Some of y'all are so bougie and so sophisticated until you say it don't take all that. But I believe I got a few of you all. They ain't afraid to testify, especially those of y'all from South Carolina and from the country of North Carolina. They ain't afraid to holler back glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Can I preach this thing the way that I feel it? Listen, listen, listen. When you think about when you think about worship in the Bible, there are three understandings of worship. The first one is shakar. Shakar means to sing and shout. There's nothing wrong with shouting and singing, but you need to know what you're singing and shouting about. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I know why I shout. I shout because the Lord has been good to me. I shout because the Lord has saved me. I sing because of his amazing grace. But there's another understanding of worship, and that is therapeo. Therapeo is where we get the modern word Therapy, And I don't know about anybody else, but when you really worship God, when you really learn how to praise God, God makes your burdens a little bit lighter. God gives you a peace that goes beyond all understanding. God gives you a joy that the world can't give nor take away. Am I talking to anybody that have to testify? There are times you can't go see a therapist. There are times you can't get in touch with Oprah Winfrey. You can't watch Dr. Phil, but you can fall down on your knees and you can say like to him, 
song choir you sing. Father, woo, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, where shall I go? Church was therapy. Uh, but one more thing. There's Shakar. There's Therapeo. But then there's Proskuneo. <laughs> Proskuneo literally means in the Greek to fall down and kiss the feet of the master. It, it is like a dog laying down before his master, lapping the feet of the master. Oh, God, help me. We got to move uh, beyond just shouting. And uh, we got to move uh, beyond just feeling good until we could get to the place where we could fall down at his feet and worship him uh, and say, not my will. Yeah, but, but, but then we'll uh, be done. Y'all got to excuse me, my Mississippi trying to slip out. And, and, and it's 1155 and I know I should be shutting up right now. But uh, I'm at the point now. I don't even care what y'all did. You want to log off, log off. I'm going to preach this thing because I'm in my space right now. Uh, 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 I, I, I need to, I need, I need, I, if the Lord has ever brought you out of something, if the Lord has ever delivered you from bondage, if the Lord has ever saved you from your sins. You are not having any problem falling down and worshiping him. Because guess what? When you and I get to heaven, we're going to fall down and worship him. And I know, I know there's some folks who say it don't take all that. It may not take all that for you, uh, but when I think about all that God has done in my life, uh, I have no problem falling down uh, and worshiping him uh, because I worship God uh, for who he is, uh, not just for what he does. Uh, and who am I talking to uh, on the first Sunday of January? They ain't afraid to testify you have graduated from worshiping God for what God does to worshiping God for who he is. Ain't nothing wrong with giving God praise because he woke you up. Ain't nothing wrong giving God praise because he kept you. Ain't nothing wrong with giving God praise because he saved you. Ain't nothing wrong with giving God praise because he healed you. But I need some folks in 2021 to graduate from giving God praise because of what God has done to worshiping God for who he is. God bless y'all. God keep you. But do I have anybody that ain't afraid to join me? I worship God because God God is sovereign. I worship God uh, because God is omnipotent. I worship God uh, because God is transcendent. I worship God uh, because God is majestic. Uh, I worship God uh, because God is a way maker. I worship God uh, because God is a heart fixer. I worship God uh, because God is a miracle worker. I worship
worship God because God is my Savior. I worship God because God is my Father. I worship God because God is my Mama. I worship God because God is my friend. May the Lord bless you real good. Happy New Year, y'all. But do I have anybody that ain't afraid to worship God because you should have been dead? sleeping in your grave but you ought to give God a praise you know you should have lost your mind gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs you better give God a praise cause when I think about all that God has done I can't help but to give God praise should have been dead you ought to tell him thank you should have been gone you ought to tell him thank you should have lost your mind you ought to tell God thank you. COVID could have gotten you. You ought to tell God thank you. Trump could have started World War III. You need to tell God thank you. If you're in 2021, you ought to tell God thank you. Is there anybody in the church right now? Is there anybody watching me on screen right now that ain't afraid to lift up your hands and tell the Lord thank you? on God's good side I want God's grace I want God's mercy I want God's love I want God's forgiveness I want God's peace I want God's joy I want God's happiness I want God's blessings I want God's favor God give it to me God drop it on me God me one more time. Can you say yeah? I want to be on God's good side. I want to stay on the Lord's good side. So I got to tell him thank you. Thank you. I got to have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you.
I want to stay on God's good side. I want some man, woman, boy, or girl out there to get on God's good side. How can you, how can you stay on God's good side? First of all, you got to believe in Jesus. Got to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Got to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you're watching us right now and you don't have that relationship, I want to lead you in a prayer of new life to have that relationship. If you do have a relationship but you don't have a church home, you can come, become like a dead branch because you're not connected. That's the reason why God, through Christ, established the church. And so I want to speak to those who say, I ain't got to be a part of a church in order to do what God wants me to do and be what God. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie from these new age spiritual folks who tell you that the church is in you. No, the church ain't in you. The temple. You're the temple of God, but you ain't the church of God. There's a difference. The church is a community. And you ain't no community by yourself. It takes others. I learned from the disciples here at St. Paul. The disciples here at St. Paul implicitly pastor me just as I explicitly pastor them I'm being pastored and discipled by them as well so it's a mutual thing we weren't saved to be long ranger Christians or disciples so I want to lead you in a prayer prayer of new life prayer of brand new story and if this prayer connects with you in a meaningful way I want you to make a decision for either Christ or church and we're receiving people digitally. So all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you will, repeat, it, me, repeat after me this prayer. God, I want to be on your good side. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I want him as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I surrender to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hear me, hear me well. If you've prayed this prayer, if you prayed this prayer, if you prayed this prayer and you want to be saved, you prayed this prayer and you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, this is what I want you to do. If you're on YouTube, I want you to email at connect at spbcnc.org. Email us. Or if you're on Facebook, type in salvation in the chat box. When our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know the next steps. If you're on the website, tap in, tap, type salvation. When our digital ministers will reach out to you. Or if you're on the phone, you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org. 
or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your number and someone will get in touch with you by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. Same thing for Christian experience. Same thing for Christian experience. If you are watching us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. On Facebook or on our website, just type in connect. Someone will reach out to you if you're on the phone. Email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your phone number. Someone will get in touch with you <clears throat> with a return phone call by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Amen. Today is the first Sunday. We're getting ready to take the first communion of the year. So if you don't have your elements, I'm going to give you one minute to get your element as uh, our chair of deacons will come down to assist me as far as communion is concerned. go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for being able to partake of the first communion of a brand new year. Thank you, God, for what you did through Christ, who became our Passover lamb, our sacrifice on a hill called Calvary. We thank you, God, that you've allowed for the Jewish meal to now become the meal of the church. And as we now have rebranded it, to be what we call the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. God, we pray that you will forgive us of our sins so we can live more faithfully for you. It's in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. It was on a faithful Thursday night when Jesus Christ went in the upper room with his disciples. He took a loaf of bread, he broke it, and he blessed it. And he told his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. This shall be given for thee. Let us eat. Likewise, he took a common cup and he gave thanks. And after he gave thanks, he passed it to his disciples and he told them to drink ye all of it. But this is the blood of the new covenant that will be shed for the remissions of sin. Beloved, let us drink. Bible says afterwards they sang the hymn and they went out into the Mount of Olives. 
wherever you are right now, we ask that you all would join us in a benedictory prayer as we prepare to leave from worship on the first Sunday of a new year. I want to thank our chair, Sister Dot Barnes, and the other deacons that have joined us, Brother Alexander and Brother Miles Boyd, thank you so very much. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To as God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And the people of God said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Practice social physical distancing. God bless you all. We'll see you all. Either on Tuesday night, Wednesday night for prayer, or Thursday for Bible study. God bless you. Thank you.